Amen. If you will, turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 29. Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 29. It says, and Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. Precious Lord, we honor you this morning, God. We thank you. We give you the glory. God, we just want to say a special thank you for how you met us this morning during the praise and worship segment of our time together. God, we thank you for the deliverance that happened. We thank you for the breakthrough that occurred. We thank you for the freedom that was given in that moment, God. And Lord, we just ask that you anoint this moment as we go higher with you. God, be with us, speak to us, open our hearts and our minds that we will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Send your anointing that makes teaching and preaching easy. It's in Jesus' name we pray everybody saying, amen. So my topic for today is, nope, I am still calling. Look at your neighbor and say, nope, I am still calling. Now, this is the year we what? Nope. I am still calling. Oh, I know you're trying to figure out where am I going with this. You know, the, the Lord sent me this morning to tell someone, you better not give up. You better not give up. Look at your neighbor and say, you better not give up. I know it's hard. I know you've sown seeds. I know you've, you've, you've cut a few people off. I know a few people cut you off. I know you experienced hurt. I know somebody wrote you off. Somebody talked about you. I know somebody walked away, but it's still the year that we're calling it all in. And, 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 and we have to serve notice on the enemy that thinks you're not strong enough to go through what you're going through. Nope. I'm still calling it. See, it's a process when you're calling it all in. And, 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 and I'm not talking about something that I've heard from somebody. I'm not talking about something that, that pastors told me. I'm talking about what I have been through this year. It's a process when you're calling it all in. I know, I know, I know, I know we think it should be as easy as when we name it and claim it, it happens. When we sow the seed on Sunday, by Monday, we expect the, the, the yield the results, right? We expect the increase to come. But it's a process. 
It's a process, and if you are not careful during the process, you will stop calling it all in. Oh, come on, somebody. If you, are, if you don't approach it from an indignant mindset to say, come what may, God is faithful, and he's going to do what he told me he's going to do. I'm still calling it all in. Money may be low, calling it all in. Come on, somebody. People walk out, calling it all in. Fired from the job, calling it all in. <laughs> I'm looking for the church. See, the truth is this word is going to challenge you to think because some of you have given up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know you, you don't want nobody to know. I know you had that conversation with yourself. I know you've been thinking, oh, it, it ain't happening the way I want it to happen. And so in your mind, you decided that you're going to give up. But not today. Not today. Not today. See, the truth is it requires work. It requires diligence. It requires faith. And it requires courage. And it doesn't always happen overnight. Now, some of you, it has. Or at least it feels like it's happened overnight. Some of us have already seen the fruit of our labor because we've been in the vineyard before 2019. Some of you have been calling it in before you knew you were calling it all in. And so when you started seeing the fruit, you, you thought it happened overnight, but it was still a process. And we're going to talk about that process because the truth is a lot of us are just like Jacob. We, we, we've heard the Lord speak to us. We've trusted him. We've even fought a little bit. And in the fight, we've gotten injured. <laughs> and in us getting injured, we still have not gotten to the place where, where the Lord has promised us. And so in that, we, we, we fail to make up our mind that we're still going to fight until he blesses us. Because we're too busy looking at the situation and not telling our situation about our God. See, the truth is, I know it hurts. I know your situation seems like it's big and like it's a lot going on. But God is faithful and he'll do what he said he'll do. Yes, he will. And, but the question is, are you going to be a willing participant or do you just show up at the end of the battle trying to collect the spoils after someone else has already fought and won? Am I going to get what's mine or am I going to try to take a little bit of yours? Because yours look good. I don't want what you got. I want what God got for me. I want what I worked for. When I get paid every two weeks, I'm not looking for your paycheck because you might not have worked 80 hours. But me, I put in overtime. Give me my money. Can I get a witness in here? All right, all right, all right. Okay, let me get this part out the way because I know y'all looking and I don't want to waste my time. Listen, <laughs> don't laugh at me, y'all. Listen, I got three points for you today, and I know y'all going to put them up as we go, but here's my three points. I want you to write this down. Write this down because I, I, I might get carried away, and I need you to know it before it's over. Amen. Amen. I'm telling the truth. Shame the devil. Amen. All right. The first point is fear cannot stop your belief. 
Fear can't stop your belief. It can't. Fear can't stop your belief. The next one is you can't get tired. You can't get tired. <laughs> and then the third one is pride is not allowed. Oh, yeah, y'all going to like that one when we get to it. Okay, somebody tell me the first one. What's the first one? Second one? Third one? Very good. Give yourselves a hand. You're good class. Good class. Good class. Good class. So I want to point out something. All of these things are internal characteristics that are changing or will change in you. They challenge your thought process. They challenge how you believe. They challenge what you think. They challenge what you see. They challenge how you approach what you're going through. And all of that has to happen before what you've called in shows up. And I know that's like, oh, well, what you talking about? We're going to dig in the word. We're going to find out about Jacob. Because we read through the word, right, where Jacob said, I won't let go till you bless me. Right? And then after he fought and his, his hip got torn out of socket, right, and out of joint, then the, the man who he was wrestling, what? Did what? He did what? He blessed him. But what happened before that? Oh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. First one, fear can't stop your belief. Fear can't stop your belief. Listen, Genesis chapter 28, verse 6 through 9. I, I want you to realize that Jacob had a reason to be fearful. He had a reason. He had a reason to be fearful. This is why. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take himself a wife from there. And that as he blessed him, and that as he blessed him, gave him a charge saying, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Padan Aram. Okay? So this is in the 28th chapter before our original scripture in the 32nd chapter. And Jacob is being blessed by his father. Right? And Esau is his brother. Now, this scripture says, now Esau learned that Isaac had been blessed, that Isaac had blessed Jacob. So Esau's his brother, his older brother. And in their culture, the older sibling, the tradition was they got the birthright. The birthright was the blessing. So now Esau who's the older brother, right? And if you know the story of Jacob and Esau, you know that they've always fought. <laughs> when they came out the womb, they're twins. When they came out the womb, Esau came first, but Jacob had his ankle as he came out. So Jacob said, you ain't leaving me in here. Let me out first. So there was a fight between the two of them. So now Esau is eavesdropping. And he done found out that, hold on, what, what, what daddy telling you sound like it's supposed to be for me. How you, how you doing that? I did everything right. I'm the firstborn. I'm married. I have done the right thing. Everything they told me to do. So the blessing is mine. So, so 
Now he hears that his brother is getting the blessing from his father. And, and that wasn't enough. So he had already married and, and had children, done all these things. But because his father told him to marry a certain type of woman from Padan Aram, that bothered Esau because he knew, in verse 8 it said, that it was, displeased, it was displeasing to, to his father that he had married a Canaanite woman. So he thought he had discredited himself. And so he went and tried to fix it and run above it and change the outcome. And some of you have people that's looking on the inside of what God is doing in your life. And they're trying to compete with you. And so they're always trying to get a step ahead of you. But you have to know that even in them and their antics, fear can't stop your belief. What is for you is for you. And we serve a God that is bigger than tradition. We serve a God that's bigger than the world views. We serve a God that once his mind is made up to bless you, it's going to happen. Regardless. Regardless. But you cannot stop your belief system. Because you're fearful of what they're going to say. Because you're fearful of what's going to happen. Now, what was interesting is, before we, we get to, to the verse 32, there's a, there's a segment where, while, while, while Jacob is out finding his wife, that the Lord, um, you know, he gets his wife and he does all this work, and we're going to talk about that. But then the Lord tells him to go back. To go back. Now, that, that's, that's, that's rough. For those of you that were, you know, born in the country, raised in the ghetto, when you, you know, you get a college degree, you get out, and somebody try to tell you to go back, you... <laughs> that ain't for me. God delivered me from that. Hey! <laughs> he brought me out. Huh? He increased my salary. What? Increase my square footage. I got more room over here. Why would I go back to where the Lord told me to come from? <laughs> okay, let me help you understand. See, Jacob didn't want to go back because there was too much memories of hurt in that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always in second place to Esau. Uh-huh. He dealt with favoritism from his mother and his father. The, the two children were separate. They each had their favorite one, right? He was always in second place. Esau was always ahead of him. He always wanted his father's attention. There was too much emotional hurt there. He had even at one point had got his brother to sell the birthright to him for a pot of soup. And then still felt like he lost it after that was given to him. And so now I've been obedient to what the Lord told me to do. I've done everything right the way you said do it, God. I've went through the checklist and completed, marked it done. And I'm thinking we're going to go this way. And you're going to bless me over here. And I'm going to see the manifestation over here. But you're telling me to go back. And I know my brother don't like me. 
know he don't like me. He's the big brother. He could beat me up. He could get my blessing. He could try to take what I have. This is in chapter 28. But in 32, he said, I won't let go until you bless me. Oh, yeah, we're going somewhere. The next, ver the next part is that, 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 that you can't get tired. You can't get tired. You, you can't get tired. I know, I know you, 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 you stayed up all night. You, you wrote your business plan. I know that you've introduced your business to X amount of people. I know you've had this many people start and didn't you know, continue with you. I know that you, you've started school or you started this job and you thought it was going to work out and it didn't work out or you've done this and you've done that and you're not yielding the results you want to yield, but you still can't get tired. See, because in the middle of calling it all in, you cannot lose sight of or forget the value of what you're calling in. Oh, let me help you understand. Genesis chapter 32 and 12, it's, it, it's a conversation uh -huh, that is had, and, and it's Jacob telling the Lord, but you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So, so Jacob is saying, telling God, reminding him of what he said. Well, some of you need to remind God of what he said. But the truth is, when you remind God of what he said, you're really not reminding him of what he said. You're reminding yourself of what God told you. Because you forgot. And you need the motivation. But what I love about God is that he wants you to come back and tell him what he said. Because then when you tell him what he said, he's going to come back and say, uh-huh, that's right. That's what I said. Don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> Don't get tired. Don't get weary in well-doing. Oh, come on, somebody. It's in the book. So, 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 in Genesis chapter 28, this is what, what, when, what, what Jacob reminded the Lord of is this right here. 28 verses 12 through 15. It said, and he, talking about Jacob... Dreamed, And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall be all the families of the earth. And they're going to be blessed. He said, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. That's the kind of God we serve. Many, you need to give him praise right there. Wake your spirit up, wake your mind up, wake your heart up, and keep trusting. And so what I love about this is that God told him, I'm not going to leave you. 
And why did he need to know that early on? Why? Because God knew what he was going to go through. God knew what he was going to go through. Your blessing cost you something. The blessing of God cost you something. The anointing of God cost you something. When God gives you something, you had to do something for it. You had to give up something. You had to show yourself worthy of the blessing of God. And so the Lord wanted him to know very early on, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to take you out, but I'm going to bring you back in. But you can't get tired in the midst of working through that. You can't get tired. You can't lose sight of that blessing because that blessing is, is, is good. And, and then this is the other thing. You, you, some of y'all been fighting so long, you forgot why you're fighting. Just swinging in the air, fighting air, don't even know what you're fighting. Kicking, don't even know what you're kicking for. Because you approach it from the wrong mindset. But you need to go back and remind yourself of what God said he was going to do. I don't care what that looks like. If you got to put a post-it note in your car, on your rearview mirror, so every time you look in it, you see it. If when you go to the bathroom, you write it on the mirror. If you get you a vision board and you put it up on your door, write it above your door when you walk out, save it as a phone screen on your phone. Whatever you have to do to remind yourself of what God said he was going to do, you need to do it. Because he's faithful. And he's going to do it. He is and he will do what he said he was going to do. The question is, will you put in the work to see the results? The question is, will you grow up and stop playing like you're a child? Are you going to go from milk to meat or are you still going to drink meat? That's the question. Calling it all in is not for people who are weak. Calling it all in is not for people who don't have the tenacity to stand like a tree planted by the rivers of water expecting for something to happen. If you don't have that mindset, then you won't get it. You won't get what God has for you if you don't make up in your mind, for God I live, for God I die. Come what may God, you're going to do it. I don't care who walks out. It's not about me and them. It's me and you. I sowed my seed, I'm going to reap my reward. God is faithful. People are flaky. You better not attribute my God like you attribute man. I rebuke that mindset off of you. My God is faithful. He's just and he will do it. How dare you sit there and play victim when God called you to be victor? Get up! Nope, I'm still calling it all in. Made up my mind. I don't care what happens. I'm still trusting God. Because God is not mocked whatsoever a man so that shall he also reap. I'm going to get mine. Touch your neighbor. I'm going to get mine. If that means that I got to go back and heal my heart, 
I'm going to do it. If that means I got to lay on my face and give God my hurt, I'm going to do it. If that means that I got to go back and tell somebody I'm sorry if I offended you, I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes, I'm all in. Whatever it takes, if I got to go back and tell somebody, I'm sorry I was young-minded and stupid, I'm going to do it because what God has for me is much more important than my pride, much more important than my brand, much more important than what you think about me. You may not even receive my I'm sorry, but I'm still going forward to what God has for me. I won't get tired because when I'm weak, he's strong. See, I know my God is good. I know he's good. I know he's good. So, so, so I want to paint this picture because, you know, we're talking about Jacob and, and he's the example we have this morning. And, and Jacob went through a lot. Let, let me tell you. So originally his father blessed him to go out and go get his wife, right? Because, you know, the, the promise from Abraham, which he's a descendant of, required that he be fruitful and multiply. Because the, the, the promise from God was that the, the, the descendants that you shall have will be numbered like the sea of the sand. Or the sand of the sea, I'm sorry. So, so, so in order for you to be fruitful and multiply in the, the will of God, you have to have a wife. So you got to go get married. And so that was the part of the birthright. So, 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 so Isaac blessed him. And he went out and he told him what to go do and where to go and how to find the right woman of the right blood. Okay, come on, somebody. Fathers, that's a little word for you. Talk to your sons, amen. Talk to your daughters. Tell them what the right woman, the right man looks like, amen. But he told him what to do. He told him the formula for success to get the blessing. And so, so, so he did. Jacob went out and, and he went to that place and he got his wife. And, and he, well, he found what his father told him to look for. And so he made a deal with the father of his soon-to-be wife. He told him, I, I want your wife. I mean, I want your daughter. I want your daughter. She's so beautiful. But the problem was, Jacob wanted the younger daughter. Well, you know, tradition. The oldest get everything. If it was me, I'd be messed up because I'm the third one in line. <laughs> my daddy over there, wave your hands. Wave your hand. That's my daddy right there, y'all. Okay. I'm the third one. I got his name. I'm his namesake. Amen. But, but I was the third one. So I'd be messed up. Jesus. But anyway. So, so, so he tells him, I want your daughter. But he wanted the second daughter. Not the first one. Because the Bible says the first one, she was a little cross-eyed. She had a lazy eye. She had one eyebrow. Half her makeup was done. Her track was showing. So, 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 so Jacob said, no, I don't want that right there. <laughs> that right there been through some stuff. <laughs> Give me that freshman right there, Jesus. And so, 
But the father said, y'all silly, y'all, shame on you. So the, <laughs> so the father said, okay, if you work for seven years, you'll get her. Right? <laughs> Jesus, seven years is a long time. So he worked for seven years. He did his work. He followed the, the plan. He did everything he was supposed to do. He was faithful. He didn't touch her. He did everything right. And you know what happened on the night that they were supposed to consummate the marriage? The father took that good daughter that was cross and had that lazy eye in that track showing in the busted up feet. And he put her in the room with Jacob and gave Jacob the wrong wife. <laughs> the wrong wife. Now, now, hold on, wait a minute. The problem I have is that Jacob didn't know till the next morning when he woke up. <laughs> if I've been waiting for seven years, I may not have had you, but I know what you got. I would have known, but, but he didn't. He didn't, he didn't know. Somebody say he didn't know. He didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know. So he done consummated the wrong marriage and got the wrong wife. And so then he go to the dad and say, hold up, man. Something, you played me, this, that ain't what we talked about. This is not the one. The father said, I know. But the tradition is that my older daughter has to go first. So if you still want her, you're going to have to work another seven years. I would have fought him in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would have been locked up. I can see it now. Preacher locked up for beating up a senior citizen from the North Cross area. But you know what he did? He worked it for seven more years because he was committed to the process. He, he believed in the promise and he said, whatever it takes, I'm all in. He said, nope, you play me. I'm still calling it all in because the God I serve is bigger than your scheme. The God I serve is greater than your foolishness. And you might have thought you stopped me, but God says he's going to do it. See, what he didn't know, the father didn't know, is that seven is God's number of completion. Ah, oh, y'all ain't with me today. See, God always has revelation in his word. And so, so, so he, he put in the work. And, and he worked, and this was hard work. He had to till the ground and take care of them animals and, you know, stuff that I'm not going to do and that you ain't going to do, okay? Cows and bulls and donkeys and all that stuff. He did all that. And sheep for 14 years to get his wife after he worked for the same man who did him wrong the first time. How do you know he wasn't going to do him wrong the second time? But he still called it all in. See, some of y'all afraid to go back and try again because you think that what happened the first time going to happen again, but I rebuke that off for you too. <laughs> because God's going to do it. He's going to do it. And so he worked. So you can't get tired. Y'all following with me? Amen. Bless you. 
The next one is, is pride is not allowed. This one I didn't want to preach to y'all. When I, when I heard the Lord say that, I said, Lord, they're going to walk out. These people ain't going to want to go back and fix nothing. Because that's not attractive to us when we got to go back and do something that we don't want to do. Disobedience is real, y'all. It's real. And it requires work when you got to go back and, and tuck your tail in and tell somebody I'm sorry. The mental things you have to go through to get to the place where you're going to go and get it right is a lot of work in itself. Not to mention the heartbreak that you had to go through. Because the reality is people hurt us. They hurt. You can sit here and say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt. That's childish and foolish. It hurts. People hurt us. But when you are calling it all in and God has promised you something and it's worth getting to, your heart has to be right. Your mind has to be right. You got to make amends with your enemies. The Bible says that he'll make your enemy your footstool. But how can he do that when you don't want to talk to your enemy? When you don't want to pray for your enemy? When you don't want to bless your enemy? When you don't want to pray for those that despitefully use you? That's your character. Your character is funky. It's jacked up. And it's not worthy of getting what God has for you. Pride is not allowed. Sometimes you got to go back and make that thing right. Sometimes you got to go back and say, listen, I didn't really mean what I did. And I realized what I did hurt you. Or I realized that, that, that it wasn't your fault and it wasn't my fault, but it's the way we grew up. It, it, it's what we were involved in. We didn't know better. Because you got to be healed to get what God has for you. Let me tell you something. God's not going to give you what you can't handle. He's not. You remember the story with the, 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 the three men and the talents? Right? He gave one one. He gave another two. And he gave one five. And the one with five made ten. And the one with two made four. And then the one with one went back and hid it in the ground and said, I know you come back, you're going to get it. You, don't want, you want people to pay you back, so I'm going to hold it for you till later. Don't be the one. The Bible says that God gave them talents based or according to what they could handle. What can God trust you with? Can he only trust you with one because you got hate in your heart? Can he only trust you with one because you got unforgiveness in your heart? Can he only trust you with one because you have anger management issues? Y'all, I'm here to encourage you today that calling it all in requires work, but it's still for you, and you can handle it, and you can do it. You just got to put the work in. I want to know where do you not work and get paid? 
I know your salary, but where do you not work and get paid? Do a paycheck just come in the mail from a company? No. At some point, you have to do what? Get dressed, go to the location, put up with the foolishness at the location, deal with the politics, do a couple of projects, win some, lose some, grow, get it right, do it wrong, learn from your mistakes, and eventually you what? Get the paycheck, and then eventually what? You learn how to do it right, and you continue to do it right, and guess what? You outshine somebody else, and when you outshine somebody else, then comes promotion. But you had to show up. But you had to do some work. But you had to put up with some stuff. But you had to go back and tell your man, I'm sorry I messed up. That is courage and that's character. And God is looking to bless people that's going to have that kind of character. That's what's wrong with the church today. People don't want to go get it right. They want to hold on to all this stuff and want God to bless them. And you're walking around hurting other people living in lack. It's time out for that. Come into church refusing to be a part of praise and worship. Hate in your heart. Mischief on your mind. Unforgiveness all over you. You need to get healed. Qualify yourself for what God has for you. The God we serve is faithful, y'all. He's faithful. He has not forgotten about you. He knows what he said he was going to do. And he still wants to do it for you. But, but you have to do your part. And, and we, if, you know, this hit home for me first. This hit home for me first. I had to go back to some people, get my heart right. I had to go back and say, I'm sorry. And even where I didn't think that it was my fault, I had to go back and say, hey, can we have a conversation about what happened? Something, don't ju something doesn't sit right. Can we just talk about it? Can you share your perspective again? I want to hear where you're coming from. And then can I share my perspective? Can we be respectful enough to let each other talk and get it off our heart? Because I want everything that God has for me. I want everything. And it's worth the work. It's worth the work. It's worth you growing. It's worth you dealing with the issues. Because the thing is, is when God exalts you, you don't want to have somebody down here that can try to talk bad about where you are up there. To try to bring you back down when God says, no, you belong up here. So you got to go back. Pride can't live here. God knows your name. 
And for a few minutes, I just want you to listen. And I want you to worship for a few minutes and just let the Lord work through your heart and figure out if there's somebody you need to forgive. And then we're going to go from there. Do I have your participation with that?